Let's hit record. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 17 of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Vapant. And we are here. Yes. Or are we here? <laughs> there's, a, there's an existential feel, question Yes, about I'm, fe- that. I'm feeling all Morpheus on you today. Yeah. Are we really here? Or are we inside of the Matrix? You're always on Morpheus mode, though, let's be honest. This is true. I am. I, <laughs> I flip between Morpheus and Yoda. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, good. Those are, those are my um, two characters. <laughs> yeah, I like it, like it. And sometimes Gandalf, when I'm doing my research. Mm. My favorite scene in The Lord of the Rings is when he goes to the library and he's there drinking and smoking and reading. I'm like, ah, yes, life. That would be my ideal life. (laughs) You just want to be able to blow smoke rings that look like ships. Yes, exactly, exactly. Cool, cool. So give us the question today. Well, the question today I had in in mind is what happens if you destroy the ego? I want to start with a, um, a thought experiment for you. If you were to suddenly you know wake up and your you, your whole past is erased amnesia and you can't remember anything about your past experience or anything like that you still have the basic functions you know how to function and think and yeah. those sorts of things but um you have no recollection of your past at all who would you be well i suppose this is yeah i don't know it's it's that is an interesting question because it's, I think it is really difficult, even when your intention is to kind of strip these stories away and look underneath all the stories you've created over a lifetime of who you are and what you're about and where you've been and what you know. Strip, you, you think you're trying to strip that away, but you don't really know until that actually happens to you, yeah. isn't it? So I think you're somebody, and in a way, the... That is really, in a way, what the character, the boatman in my novel, is about. He's completely like left his past behind. He doesn't even have a name in the novel for that reason. And he, his whole goal is, is to do exactly that, to leave everything behind so that he can just go into the world and interact with people on a human level. Right. In the moment, there's, no, there's nothing. And as soon as he starts... To feel like things are building up in a community, he leaves. Now, it's not it's not saying that that's the way you should be, but I think I'm quite interested in that question as yeah. well. And I don't know if I have the answer to it, but I think there's, for the boatman, and, and obviously for me as someone who's like writing that, there's a positive aspect to that that isn't all about loss, that's about... An uncovering of the, See, yeah, I would, the kind of. I would say not even loss would not come into vocabulary because you wouldn't remember, in this instance, for this thought true. experience, you wouldn't even remember that you lost anything. You'd just wake up and true, then how do you know but who to be? If you were still around the people who knew you, I yeah. think you would feel that sense of loss, even though you don't know what you would have lost. Because they would be because saying they this would and that have and that, thing. and they would have that on you, which is why. Okay, what if we, let's let's up the ante then, let's take you away from, because you won't know who they are anyway, well, so you so won't miss you, them, so if, yeah. I, if you lost all that, put you in a whole new environment, who would you be then? Uh, well, you know, my husband just finished reading this book um, by a Scottish writer uh, called Lanark. And that's the whole premise of this book is that he 
arrives on a train into a city and he doesn't have any recollection of who he is or how he got there or where he is, but he kind of, I haven't read the book, but he has, that's the whole basic premise for his then next series of, of adventures. But, you know, I think you are obviously somebody. Mm. The thing that I think is that from that moment of reawakening and having amnesia, unless you, like basically you would just still start all over again creating stories about yourself, wouldn't you? You would, your mission might very well be to just reestablish who were you and what are you good at and what kind of person are you? So in a way, a lot of the stories about amnesia, about, you know, I'm remembering one about the world war or something like someone had amnesia and for years was lost and then presumed dead and blah, blah, blah. But the whole drama around that story was about him trying to find out who he was. And that's the thing. That's interesting that you say trying to find out who he was as opposed to who he is. Yeah. I suppose that's true. There's a distinction about that, but I guess what I, I guess what I'm saying here and in, in reference to your question about if you, um, you know, defeat the ego, then what's left? It's like, unless that's a conscious process, mm. you're just going to keep starting the process over again from where you are. So you, you take all that away. You're just going to start recreating, okay, well, who am I now? And starting restarting to make stories with the people that are around you. So if we think about that, what, what, what is the ego? I guess let's go from that sort of space first of all. What are we, what are, what are, what's your concept of the ego? Before we go destroy them, who would? I know, right? <laughs> What's your concept of them? Well, I, you know, I think that there's two ways that I think about it. One is in slightly more. I, I, I don't really get involved with the Freudian super ego ego id thing. Mm. Um, for me, there's the an, a spiritual aspect to it that's part of a kind of spiritual journey. Not that these two things are separate, but they're kind of different lenses in which you can look at it, I guess. And the other is the way that um, you look at ego in terms of how it impacts your life in just a practical sense, like don't be egotistical, yeah. I guess. And I, and I think that that's worth exploring too. And I mean, I've been... Ryan Holiday, who's written Obstacles, the way who you've mentioned in previous podcasts, and then um, his newest book is called Ego is, is the Enemy. He just, he's one of these people who keeps coming up now. You know, you have yeah. these like stories or people that you've never heard of them before, and suddenly they're everywhere, and you're like, it's the universe trying to tell me to read this book or something. I obviously need to, it just keeps banging on my head. Well, that's what we want. We want to, for to, to, you know, our, this Havana cafe podcast is suddenly just to be the talk of the internet. Well, indeed. And so, you know, basically the way that he defines ego, and I think that kind of don't be egotistical. What does it do in your daily life? Um, which is really helpful is basically saying ego is not being able to see anything bigger than yourself. So it's mm. just when it's all about you. And yeah. I think that's also kind of, I could get behind that. 
basically. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm. What, what I guess you, I'm, What's your? Well, I'm thinking that you go definition. probably. We just you, you were you were dissing my man Freud, <laughs> but that's where I come from on the ego, sort of young Freud, that sort of thing. So if it's an archetype, um, it becomes. Um, we assign our identity to the ego, so it becomes like the central core of who we are, um, or who we believe we are, when in fact it's just a character, well, I say in fact, where it's just a, a character amongst several characters that we have inside of us, so the superego, id, subconscious, well, but Freud kind of Freud kind of presents, in, in my memory and understanding, presents the ego as the kind of arbiter, like the front man yeah, for yeah. these two back characters that yeah. are kind of pulling him in either direction. But he but thinks he's in charge, but he isn't in charge, this arbiter, this central character, yes, the front man. Yes, that's true, but I think that for me there's a very limited and specific way that he talks about the ego and and that the, its main job is to arbitrate in any particular situation am i going to go with the id's desire or am i going to go with the super ego's rational yeah. this is the right thing to do thing and if you if you imagine the ego as in in that kind of balanced frontman state it's a little bit different than saying this is this is a collection of stories, which is more how I relate to yeah, ego. This yeah, is a collection yeah, same, of stories yeah. of all the different things I think about myself. And, yeah. and Jung was very different than Freud yeah, in absolutely. that sense. And I'm, I'm probably more of a Jung kind of character yeah. than a Freud kind of character. And as you were just explaining there, looking at the fact that this ego or this me or this I is a character amongst other characters inside your head. What drove me to this question was reading the mythic imagination um, and one of the chapters was talking about how we've become with one God and we've forced, at least in Western society, to bring everything down to this one God that you can relate to, that rules the world, universe, that sort of thing, where we used to have multiple gods. Mm -hmm. um, and then looking at ourselves psychologically, we did the same thing. We created a, a single entity, the identity, the ego, that then is meant to um, represent all the other different characters that may reside in you. We were trying to force many aspects of ourselves into this ego, maybe into the sub sort of conscious mind, maybe a spirit. And we're in fact that perhaps if we reimagined the various different characters that we have, archetypes that we have within us, and not try to force them into a single entity or three entities, um, that we have a lot more choice in the way that we can understand our own psyche yeah um, so that's what kind of drove, drove yeah the no i agree with that and i think that um you know that the ego is definitely for me in my head a kind of just convenient phrase for this gigantic bag that we carry around us mm. with us of all the stories that we have about who we are, what kind of person we are, what we like, what we don't like, what our personalities like. If we strip what our that away, what's are. left? Well, see, for me, the reason I think why I like to uh, that I made a distinction between two different ways of thinking about the ego for me, that's apart from Freud, 
is that they kind of, they're not contradictory in any sense, but there's a limit, I think, to how deep one can take you down the rabbit hole. Ah, I like it. I like uh, (laughs) You know, so I think that if, if you're in the world in which you're just trying to not be egotistical and, you know, for Ryan Holiday and ego is the enemy, he is really talking about let's, let's try and live a life that is authentic and, and in touch with reality. So his, his ego that he's trying to, that he calls the enemy is that part of ourselves that only considers our own perspective that thinks that we're probably a lot better or a lot worse than we really are. And it's not that it's not the, it is the collection of stories about ourselves that we have to defend and uphold or reject for that matter. If it's not, that's not who I am. But the way of peeling that stuff away just takes you to a kind of yeah, it's okay. You still, in other words, you will still have deeper stories about who you are and what you want to accomplish. They just don't override your ability to see other people's perspectives, to realize that you are not the most important thing in the world, that your project is not the so most important I thing in the world. I think I would probably draw a dis- distinction between ego and egotistical or yeah. arrogance. I think they're different things. Um, I um, I'm thinking about identity. I guess is where I'm I'm at. I think I think this. the thing that I guess I'm trying to get at is that a spiritual understanding of ego takes yeah. you a lot further down the rabbit hole. Yes, that's you the know? place we want to be down and, that rabbit and, hole. And <laughs> what I was thinking about is, you know, Game of Thrones. Have you have you gone? Oh far? no, no, no. All right, okay. I'm only so on basically, and this, one, I this think. won't give anything away. But basically, there's um, a point in this past season in which one of the characters, Arya, is interacting with um, this institution ruled by the many-faced god. And it's um, the people who serve the many-faced god are from what I can tell, kind of hired assassins, but basically they can transform their face. They're like shapeshifters, basically. And in order to train to be one of these people, you must kill your identity. So her whole training process is about beating the identity of Arya and who she is out of her. And the phrase that you have to repeat is, a girl is no one, a girl wants nothing you know, all this kind of Mm. stuff. And I think that that is what is sometimes mistakenly thought of as what, what is left when you, you know, it's like if there's no ego, a lot of times the way that we conceptualize that is by through servitude. Like I am nothing. And all I do is serve you this many faced God or, you know, in in normal, you know, in our life, maybe serving Christ or, you know, we think of like, I've, I've vanquished the ego in a way like that. And I don't think that that is the, is correct. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm not in that, that space that you're left with nothing to serve. I think it makes you infinitely greater as in your powers bigger if you don't 
to find yourself to something small as, yeah. as an ego is kind of where I, how but I, I see it. But that. I think that that's what people are afraid of because there's a mistaken mm. understanding of that. You know, you're afraid. Like if I, like you're saying, if I don't have the ego, what's left? It's only I'm if I'm nothing, and it's not that you're nothing. Mm. You know. My favorite phrase out of a book called the uh, the Swords Trilogy, uh, the Michael Moorcock one. Um, one of my favorite characters, Johari, in there. He says he's all men and no man, which I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like and that. And he's able to, because he's not attached to an ego. Again, he's able to accomplish so much more. He's not limited. Like I find, if you're attached to your ego, that it limits. Yeah. You. When you start to believe the stories that you know, I am this, I am that. It yeah. then begins to you label. This is why I dislike labels. I have, I'm a big. Yeah. You know, one of the hardest things that I've had to kind of deal with is, you know, like in our line of work, you know, we're both sort of self-employed, that sort of thing. Um, when people say, well, you know, what do you do? Or who? I, I always hate to say I am this because immediately that makes me that thing and whatever it is. Oh dear, try being a stay-at-home mother. <laughs> and I think I'm infinitely more than that. Indeed, indeed, um, we all are. Yeah, and, yes. and it's the labels that. But you know, trying to find a place to self-identify, I think, can be a struggle. Um, I, you yeah. know, and I think you're hitting on something that that is really important because, as you know, in practical terms, when like, okay, so. If you're asking yourself, like I'm asking myself, how do I get rid of these stories about myself? Or how do I even become aware of them? For me, one of the best ways of doing that is to start addressing the stories that you have about other people in your life and peeling those away. Because once you start, once you stop labeling other people, judging other people based on these stories, making up stories about other people and you become aware of that, which is a little bit easier to do than about yourself. You can start with that. It starts to have a kind of automatic effect on your own stories about yourself. Yeah. I've, I've, I suppose I approach it sort of similar. I'm, and I'm thinking almost once you can accept the fact that they're just stories. Yeah. For me, that's, I think that's what made the difference coming to grips with, the fact that they all are just stories and you can make up whatever story that you like, but in the end of the day, it's it's just a story. And yes, you can play the game, so I make up the stories and I'm going to play that character, but then um, actually I don't want to be that anymore, so I'll make up a different story. But they're all not... They're true, it, but they're what, not true. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think... And you can let them go. I think that's that's where the power comes from when you when you... When and you the believe. only way you know whether you really let it go is if you don't have that instinctual reaction to defend it or prove it. So, like one of the, some of the things I was listening to an interview by Ryan Holiday about ego's enemy, and one of the things he says is like, so on, it was actually on the Tim Ferriss podcast where he says that ego is how you, that you build and conform an image, uh, an image of your what. <laughs> that you build an image of what you hope others see you as. You know, so you're, you're building an image of yourself, hoping that others see you in this way. And and then Ryan Holiday kind of came in and, 
I was talking about how we attempt to defend and uphold the story or stories. It's more accurate about who we are. So his quotes are like, whenever you think in your head, I need people to know how smart I am, or I need people to know that I was right, or I need people to think this about me, think I'm a kind person or that I'm generous, or I need to be in control. All of those are thoughts that stem from ego. So, you know, I think, yeah, anyway, I think yeah. these are kind of really good because this is what actually, you know, where it is. Yeah, that, that's all right. Um, I am, um, th- there's a book I read, it's called um, The Way, uh, The Warrior, Warrior, The Warrior's Craft. Okay. Um, and it's not warrior in the sense of, you know, wars, fighting wars, but it's a, it's a methodology, it's a, it's a thinking um, and part of that is the loss of ego in the sense of uh, is is um, is warrior warrior yes we just had some some guests yeah. <laughs> that came in sorry about that um, so yes it's, it's a book called um, the warrior's craft. Um, Roberts is the surname if we want to look at it, the craft of the warrior. And what it's looking at is is a sort of mentality of... In fact, um, you read any of the Don Juan yeah. series, yeah. So that's, that, that character fits in the warriorship um, lexicon, as it were. But part of it is you have to be able to lose this sense of identity or ego and how to be attached to it. And in fact, you can... All the stories, once you become to, to recognize that there are just stories, it frees you up to make up whatever story that you want because you're not attached to the story at all. Yeah. Um, and you change stories. To, and here's where you have to be careful, I guess, because you can manipulate people if you're able to change your story because you're not attached to it. So I want you to believe this, but not because I believe that I am that, but just because I want to take advantage of you or influence you. But yeah. there, you're able... So there's a good and the bad to it, I guess. But the whole point is to be able to get to the point where you're not attached to this thing called ego or identity. And these stories, the multiple ones that you have, you can create whatever story that you want, have fun with that story until you're done with that story, then maybe change and have another one because you are not attached to any of them and you understand that they're all just stories. I think that's the main point. That's the main point I'm trying to make is that yeah. you understand it, that it is just a story. I mean, in, it, it made me think also of another character in my book, The Boatman, um, which is Lucas. And all, the main driver of all these different characters is the pursuit of kind of a deeper meaning to their life. And, and for Lucas, he stays on the island where, you know, the, the children are, are born. And you know grows up gets married does all this stuff but his pursuit is about um creating status for himself and his family that's going to you know survive even beyond death so that he knows that his life has been has meant something you know that if he's made a reputation for himself and you know we have these people in our lives and so this is like thing that i see people doing yeah and uh you know not to give too much away but there is you know, each of the characters obviously has to come to a reckoning with their own kind of path and, and the choices that they've made. But for him, 
there is a moment of relief when some of that stuff drops away because if you don't have to if you don't have to survive beyond your death through this reputation if you don't have to make yourself into the center of the world if you can let go of your own importance it might feel scary but underneath that fear is this immense freedom of like oh okay i I don't have to be that person, mm. you know, I don't have to be that perfect person anymore because I'm actually not. I'm just so, you know, it's, you're spinning the wheels behind the scene trying to keep up with your own image of yourself. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's exhausting. Well, that's, so, um, that's one of the, um, things that a warrior has to get rid of is self-importance from yeah. this craft warrior. That's one of them is self-importance. Um, there's, there's these, Habits, getting rid of getting rid of your habits, habits of belief, habits of thought, those sorts of things. Um, self-importance is another one um, that you have to understand what they are and 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 kill them or destroy them, yeah. <laughs> as it were. Um, and my favorite thing out of that is that knowing what to do when you don't know what to do, but you're so secure in the fact that you are infinitely an infinite being yeah that you're okay well i love that uh, yoda (laughs) quote that's like we're not you know what is it you should know that you know we're not made of this crude matter we are luminous beings you know but that's too it's just a story in a way isn't it uh yes (laughs) no one's been able to offer me definite proof that it isn't well, because no one can offer you proof. Yes. You have to see it for yourself. It's definitely, it's just another story that I have to take on faith is true. But I have, yeah, well, for now, that's a story for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. absolutely. But I think that, um, you know, for me, the spiritual path, which, as I was saying, kind of takes you deeper down the rabbit hole, gives you a path towards that experiential knowledge that isn't about having faith anymore. You know, you might have to have a bit of faith to try the path that, you know, if I do these things, maybe I'll see something. I don't know. Um, But at some point, you either have experiences or you don't. Or you have certain experiences. And how do you know those are real experiences? I don't know. Because the mind is a very powerful thing, isn't it? Indeed, it is. And it'll make you believe whatever you want it to believe. So how how do you really know? Well, yeah. No, that's true. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think that the... But it doesn't matter whether it's true or not true. You only have to believe that it's true. And then it's true for you. Well, eh, I'm not going to go into that moral relativism world. Uh, Come on. But... Listeners, if you can just see me, I've got my fishing line here. And She's throwing out my hook and I'm in. trying to reel it in. <laughs> I'm fighting it. <laughs> She's resisting. You know, I think, I think for me, you know, one of the things that I find so wonderful about yoga and this idea, I mean, of course, namaste, the word means the essentialness in me sees the essentialness in you. It's like a a word that is used now, of course, to just say hello and goodbye. Yeah. Um, but which is a deeper acknowledgement that beyond, you know, all the roles we play, the you know, even our bodies, that there is a a life force in us that sees. There's the an life African force. one that I like that Ubuntu, isn't mm. it? I am because you are. 
Okay. I like that one, yes. Yeah. So I think, you know, these kind of things speak to that thing. That, that thing. That thing that's there. That can't be named. Ego. The Tao. Yeah. The thing that can't be named. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. That's it. So if you were saying, if we destroy the ego, what's left? How would you... I know, I mean, people write volumes on this, but we don't have volumes. You're a luminous being. You're <laughs> we're, a luminous, we're infinite a being. Luminous, infinite being. And if I really buy into it, I don't have to take that on faith. I have to take that as true. There's no point in taking it on faith, really. Yeah. These yes. things these things don't mean anything, just listening to it and nodding your head. Mm. I don't think. We don't think. And we'll never know, will we? Well, you might know at some point. No. No. You never know. What's on the other side? Why did the chicken cross the road? Did I ask you this question before? No. I haven't. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. And then what does that mean? I don't know. It's a deeper question. (laughs) He crossed the road to get to the other side. So he gets hit by a car, dies, and he goes to the other side. He wanted to see... What was on the other side? It's an existential question. Which is the same thing that was on the side that he was on? <laughs> I don't know, because I haven't crossed the road You're losing yet. me in the mind game. <laughs> I haven't crossed the road yet, so I can't tell you what's on the other side. Um, or but perhaps yes. you've crossed the road many times, Clay. But see, this is, the, this is what makes me think that death is final. Because if we cross the road many times, how come I can't remember any of the other times? Why do I have to be... And I, and I know, like, Stephen Mitchell has a book that says, you know, we, there's a point when we go back into the infinite soup and then you choose, you know, oh, I want to be a guy that fits this description. And as soon as I make that decision come, then I have to play within those parameters. That's why I can't remember all my other infinite aspects. But I don't like that as an idea. Okay. It's like, you know what, I want to, I, so... I'm telling myself now. Clay, Clay Listen, and his ego doesn't like yes, that. Yes, no, exactly. But this is what I'm going to tell myself <laughs> now. So before I go to the other side, I'm telling the me that I am now. I want you to choose. You better freaking remember it, buddy. Yes, because I want to choose a character that can remember everything. If you don't come back as Gandalf or Yoda, <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to remember bother. all of it. Excellent. I think we're going to get some more guests, so we, we might want to go ahead and, Sounds good. and, and call it in. It's been great, as always, yeah. to chat. And and, and my answer to that yep. question, when you destroy yeah. the ego, I think you become an infinitely more powerful person, being whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Yeah. Rockin'. Okay, rocking. That's it. We're out. We're out. We're run. Run. <laughs> we got it.